0: I've been thinking a bit about running things in production, and I think uh-huh. we've we've discussed some things that line up or sort of touch on this with sort of servers and hardware and a bit of this and that. yep, but running things in production is it feels like that's that's one of the hurdles of developerhood putting something in production for the first time or working on production software for the first time. And with sort of web dev, which is a large part of dev, um, that ends up being sort of shipping to production, setting up servers, deploying, deploying new versions, all of that. And I have... Actually, I have two projects that I would like to put into production. One is... Uh, noted which I've used as an example project for a few different things but it's built for a specific purpose that I actually still need to solve um, and that's where do I keep my ideas that are not to-do items <laughs> so I can sort of iterate and collect like okay yeah this was an interesting blog post uh, I should like I want to know that I have that in case I start looking into that again And where do I keep that? And I don't have a solution I like, so I decided to build one, and that's the noted project. And I really should put that into production and start to dog food it. So I partially solve that problem for myself, because my to-do list is a mess. And so I figure out if, if this is the solution I want. And... It gives me an opportunity to play around with some different ways of putting things in production. And then I have a different project, which I'm not, it's not quite production ready, but it's close. Which is uh, the photo sharing thing. that, And that one I also want to dog food and try with friends and family. And that would require putting it into production if a very rudimentary type of production.
1: So what's stopping you from like spinning up a, a VPS and putting NGINX and on it and uh, just, I don't know, how do you put Elixir's stuff into production?
0: So what you're describing is a perfectly valid way of doing it. I would potentially skip the nginx it's not required for for how i typically deploy elixir cool but it is also useful when you sort of need to bring the app down and want to redirect to some nice uh, uh, please wait while maintenance is happening uh, sort of thing (coughs) yeah i
1: was mostly thinking about virtual domains but i'm a very frugal person so i prefer to put all my projects on the same server
0: yeah so for most of my production software right now like beam bloggers and some parts of them, the the huge site and stuff i have i have it on one vps on linode and it's a pretty much a hand setup uh, so i couldn't run a script and just recreate it but it also is not a particularly complex setup with elixir you typically just pack up a release and it needs to be compiled on something sim. Something very similar to where it will run. Yep. So on a Linux thing of the same, uh, of the same instruction set, and with uh, at least similar enough uh, OpenSSL libraries and stuff.
1: Yeah, same version of glibc is usually very important too. Yeah, it
0: can be, and uh, it definitely shouldn't be musl. You shouldn't compile it with musl and then ship it to a glibc or. Uh, other way around
1: indeed is this why you are running a quite beefy machine so you can compile
0: everything on it uh my workstation machine or no no the the service machine so that's mostly because like if you have a language that's good at using the course it's boring to only have two of them so i have four of them (laughs) fair enough (laughs) Uh, but it's also because i keep i actually do build on that machine because i'm lazy And it does compile Erlang significantly faster with four cores. (laughs) Yep. Because if I'm using a few different versions of Erlang, I end up installing it whenever I set up a new service, that sort of thing. Uh. And it means that I have some headroom when Hacker News hits my website and the wisps go crazy. Uh, Good point. Yeah, so... Uh there there's a few reasons that machine is semi-beefy, but it doesn't it doesn't really have to be. I just like it to be. Oh, okay.
1: It's your preference, it's not uh yeah.
0: a hard requirement. But for noted, so I've considered a few different things. I did a live stream with uh, Gerhard Lazou from Changelogs Ship It where he showed me how I could set up Noted using K3S an Argo CD for sort of automated deployments where i could just tag a new version in a in a config uh, say this is the git tag i want deployed and it would do all the, all the steps to get it out there
1: what's k3s
0: so that's uh kubernetes but you remove five from it so it's a smaller <laughs> smaller version oh. of <laughs> kubernetes okay Got it. Yeah, And that would be sort of automated deploys. So I'm thinking a bit about CICD and I would like to have a nice workflow there. I still think Kubernetes and K3S is going to cost me more headaches than problems it's going to solve for me. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know it well enough to be comfortable with it and I don't want to spend the time to learn it. So I think... I think I'm heading towards sort of setting up some GitHub actions and, and things. But this is this is one of my sort of hard tr- and tricky things to deal with when when wanting to put anything into production. It's like, am I going to do it just a quick and dirty way where I set up a VPS, I configure some IP tables, I clone the repo and build it on the server and stand it up? done that's it doesn't take a ton of time it takes some time especially the first time but then and I could script it so it's repeatable if I really wanted to but then I don't really have a nice friendly way of deploying a new version and I can of course script that but then it's like maybe I should be using something more CICD for actually deploying the thing. And then it's like, okay, but what tools do I want to use? And I actually don't really like uh, the, like I'm not super into the Kubernetes approach. It feels heavy handed for what I'm doing. So then there's there's a bit of a gap there for what's a good way of of moving that last mile to sort of shoving it onto a server in a reliable way. And then I'm like, oh, but maybe I just want to build that. And then, then that's where, where you don't get anything done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My idea here is to have, uh, you put your uh, Git repository yeah. on the server where you want to deploy everything and you put a Git hook into the repository. So when you want to deploy something, you push it to that repository, and then in the Git hook, you do all the compiling and good stuff, uh, and then uh, poke the correct process so that it restarts with the new version, mm. and that's it. Yeah, you could also run all the tests and all the CI stuff there, depending <laughs> on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when you when you said that, I was to like hmm, i'm a little bit tempted to so i think i want to get away from the part where i build on the production server because it's not optimal uh that that can certainly be a performance disruption totally and the way i typically build my artifacts now i i'm getting into a decent habit of using of building releases inside a docker which it makes for a convenient way of building the release, and then you can just pull it out of the Docker file. Yeah. It means you can cross-compile and a few other niceties. Sort of cross-compile. It means you can compile for Linux on a Mac for one thing. Not that I need that right now. But
1: But then you could compile with the same version of the SSLs and the G-Labs, GLibCs and so on. Yeah,
0: So so what I'm thinking right now is, Possibly that I would set up a build server that's a build server for all my projects and a pro- any number of production servers depending on. So I think I want to run the photo thing, for example, on its own server. Yeah. And I might want to run noted on its own server. We'll see. But that I have a, a build server that I, that I start up uh, or that I pass work to and, and it can run on there. On there and it's identical to, to the end production server uh, and that can just produce produce a re- release tarball and uh, the production servers and should have a mechanism for for pulling that and setting it up yeah the, this is like part of the challenge there's so many ways to do this so so many ways and I don't have one that I like enough huh it's like i've I've done ansible ansible is probably my preferred way of if i need to be able to set up servers in a repeatable way ansible is one of the tools i would reach for to do that because it's it has some improvements over sort of uh, shells just shell scripting it where you can set up those ansible playbooks to not just write this file to this place but rather make sure that this file exists has this mode and contains this and it doesn't necessarily override it if if the hashes check out and like there there are some niceties where it can actually partially be faster and not do unnecessary churn essentially on the configs and and stuff so ansible i like that okay it's a little bit messy sometimes Uh, there are some details that that are always annoying and i it's not i don't love the tool but i find it very useful when i've dealt with it and when i've needed that sort of thing for wrangling multiple vps's or multiple environments but then, other than that, it's... So, I think I've enjoyed working with GitLab CI, for example. It's It's been much nicer to work with than GitHub Actions for me. GitHub Actions, I don't feel like I've grokked the concept. I can make them work, but I find them super annoying.
1: Yeah, I think GitHub haven't grokked them either they started building something and then they pivoted, but they didn't really pivot all the way. So
0: uh, GitHub Actions are strange. And I know they're they're intended to be more, sort of more general automation than specifically CI.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so I think it's fair. I think they're doing useful stuff, but... I don't fully grok how how you're supposed to work with them for for certain combinations of tasks and stuff. So I found them I found them a mixed bag to work with, but it's probably what I would use to trigger this stuff just because I already pay for GitHub and uh yeah, it's available enough and stuff it's either that or install my own sort of ci cd on a server somewhere i don't mind paying for an extra vps if it if it makes me happier <laughs> <It's like laughs> yeah i've heard decent things about drone which seems to be sort of tight and self-contained argo cd seems a little bit over the top for me but it also seems very competent but I think that one expects to be dealing with Kubernetes or similar. I'm not sure, but it integrates tightly with it. So I would expect it to to be a very cloud native focused type of thing. While drone, I think is fairly general purpose.
1: Cool. Could you put a Docker image with all the right versions on GitHub? So GitHub Actions uses that and builds everything with
0: the right versions and so on. <laughs> I think that's what an action sort of is. <laughs> cool. So I think I could bundle up a container image for GitHub to use for an action and that would save me a bunch of time and and everything.
1: Yeah, because then you have a release a re- yeah, a release on GitHub. Yeah. And then it could call something using a webhook.
0: So there are a ton of ways to sort of package this and run this via GitHub. And that maybe that should be my build environment. I think I can tell it to just, oh, use Ubuntu or use Debian, build this, create this Docker file, and instead of pushing the entire Docker container image anywhere, just... Run these Docker commands to pull the release out of it, yep, and pack, and tarball that, and send it to your artifact repository or whatever, yeah, and then then the further services could do the rest. Yeah, it's, but it, it's a different challenge than not knowing how to do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't quite know how I want to do something. I have a lot of opinions about how I feel like it should work and how I feel like the workflow should be. I'm liking something I'm doing with a client. And Gerhardt focused on the same thing and did the same kind of thing where I was first a little bit surprised that he didn't set it up to automatically sort of push the latest built image. But rather, so the CD part, the delivery part, would keep track of what uh, reference, so a Git reference or a container name reference, are we tracking for deployment? And this is the GitOps sort of thing. So this was committed to a repo somewhere. And when you change it, that's, you make a new commit saying like, okay, I'm updating to this version now. It will look at that. It will take that version, deploy it. Which means you get this sort of audit trail and you can automate that step if you like. Uh, but you have a very explicit, clear idea of what is deployed, which I think is is good. Uh, and I'm doing similar things with a client where whenever we want to ship so this is for on-premises work when, when whenever we want to make a new version available that means we update a certain reference and if someone runs an update command it will pull that it will update from that git repo and it will get the new reference and then it will pull a new container and that sort of thing, but it get it becomes there's a very explicit step whether you automate it or not to say this is what's going out. it's not latest, it's this
1: that sounds like a very sane way to do the p- deployment, yeah, I wonder if you need it,
0: yeah, I don't need it <laughs> but but the thing is I don't need need anything. it's about how I want to work Ah, that's a very good point because. None of the setup I have around anything I do makes sense if you want sort of to minimize time spent, money spent, effort. Because I run my own website and I should probably be using Squarespace if I wanted to optimize for for a minimum of of effort and uh, just bang for the buck. This This is a quick way and then don't worry about it. Yeah. And then I should probably use either Heroku or Gigalixir for deployments because then you just git push and it does stuff and then it's out there. But I don't like any of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I would recommend Squarespace to to non-technical people, sure. Or technical people that don't want to deal with technical stuff for a particular project, sure. But it doesn't move my my know how forward it doesn't improve my how i feel about my setup i really like uh, sort of automating and improving and iterating on on how i do things i don't want to spend too much time doing the meta work but i want to do some of the meta work it's like when i when i make a video i have now automated uh, templating out a video, a post about that video, and converting it to like four different sizes and uploading those to Linode. Why do I do that? YouTube already cross compiles. Can't you just embed YouTube? But it's crappy to embed YouTube. It looks bad, and it means that if I ever have a problem with YouTube, uh, every all of my stuff is broken. While if I run it on my own. I can actually get a divorce from youtube at any point and all of my stuff is still where i want it and i'm not doing that i'm not doing that as like this is the best thing for my business right now it's much much more a values thing and about what i care about trying to sort of stay independent of things Hmm. so and similarly with my production deployments, I want to find my sort of sweet spot path.
1: Okay. I I was just going to ask you, why are you hosting all your stuff on GitHub then? You could host your own Git server.
0: Yeah. And I I know how to do it and I don't really want to do it. So GitHub has... (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) It's not that hard. It's like, I, I could definitely deal with one of those workflows i would also consider doing sort of self host gitlab because gitlab has a good feature set it's a little bit it's a little bit much uh, visually i don't love the ui and the workflow all the time but it's very competent in many ways so self hosting a gitlab would be one option yeah but the thing is i'm going to be using github regardless because of projects where I'm involved that use it. Yeah. And it's sort of the default for for a lot of open source work. I might transition off of it eventually because they're, I, I'm not l- really loving a lot of the recent direction. <laughs> They've been doing some crazy shit. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Copilot is, is one thing. Yeah.
1: I love how crazy and stupid it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope it never gets further than the research paper.
0: No, I mean it's an available sort of beta or al- alpha product. It's it, yeah, yeah. It is? People are using it. Oh no! It.
1: I thought it was just internally on Microsoft. No, no,
0: you can get in. You can get into the program, get to try it, and use it in VS Code and stuff. Huh?
1: Okay, i <laughs> so I've been living under a rock during my vacation. That's good. You should. Yeah. Um yeah, <laughs> it seems good, like a good yeah, yeah. rock can i can
0: I get in there yeah ah sure it's a big rock, yeah no, but so there there's definitely trade offs to to balance. I don't wanna uh sort of go full weirdo. I don't interface with anything normal, but it's fun. But I would like to do more uh, more things my own way and running things in yeah that ties into how I want to run things in production. It's also well, it's a mix of deciding whether I should try to implement some of my more fanciful ideas about how we could deliver deliver a self-contained sort of elixir release, or if I should just grab something off of the shelf and get it done. <laughs> uh, both are valid efforts. <laughs> oh yes. So it's it's mostly a matter of where I want to put my energy, and I think I'm reaching the point where where I think I should deploy Noted, and I'm considering just using what Gerard built for me because that would mean I learn a little bit about Kubernetes, and um, uh, it, it is an interesting setup and easy enough to do, to deal with seems seems pretty straightforward. I think my reservation. No, oh, I think I called him Jared again. Uh, it's Gerhart. <laughs> oh. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like I spoke to a, a Susan yesterday, and it's like when we were speaking Swedish to to my, our child that were was just next to us. It's like Susan, Susan. Damn it! <laughs> like <laughs> translating names does not necessarily retain the name. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. No, but like the the bog standard way in which I would deploy this stuff is set up a VPS, throw it on there, build it on there, stand it up, and just next time. Uh, next time I need to set it up, I would probably add a script that does the annoying parts. And then yeah. uh the script would grow. But the thing is, now, at this point, I'm also deploying so many different but very, very similar Elixir projects that starting to sort of standardize a process would actually be useful. Yeah. And it could be an interesting project. It could be interesting to write about. It could be nice to share. People people definitely ask me about how to set up servers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think the bog standard approach is is where people should start. I mean, set up your server, log into it, follow some instructions about setting up IP tables. That's a good place to start. Yep, that lets you lets you learn the details and fiddle with the, all the knobs. It's like not everything has to be a Heroku experience.
1: Indeed, it's very good to know how to fiddle with the knobs if it's ever needed. And it's usually needed when uh, every everyone is in a panic. But
0: this, like your your thoughts on on how I should should or could be doing things, uh, makes me f- wager that that's pr- pretty close to what you would do. You would set up a pet, as they call them, like a a server that's that's set up just so and uh, pretty much just hand roll all of the stuff. Yep. And then start adding conveniences like GitHub hooks or or Git uh, hooks and uh, automating some parts of the deployment?
1: Yeah, it's not too fancy, but it works. I probably should automate some parts of it so it's easier to set up a new VPS, but I only have to do it once or twice a year so it's been a you know that xkcd <laughs> when to automate yeah yeah it hasn't hasn't tipped over onto too annoying to do to automate or too fun to automate yeah
0: so i definitely fiddled a bit with automating setup of Linux servers because i was trying to do well i was trying to do a whole thing uh but... <laughs> it meant that I did build some bash scripts for or or whatever I was doing it in, I don't even remember might have been Python, might have been Elixir hmm. but talking to, to their API and just like okay, give me a server okay, like give me a server with this config, okay now I log into it, now I set up this now I set up that da, 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 da. cool and that feels like that feels like a decent Enough approach. That that's something I would probably have a good use for, for sort of automating. Yeah, I'm also I'm also a bit split on. So for the photo project, I think I would use a Swedish VPS provider that's different from Linode. While for for things where I want, uh, well, for for some things I'm already partially in the Linode ecosystem, so it makes sense to have them to have them there. I I like working with their UIs and their APIs a little bit better so far. So, trade-offs, trade-offs all the way down. Decisions, so many decisions. And I don't yeah. One tricky part is like I'm not prioritizing it right now because I don't have a ton of time, especially not coming back from vacation. Vacation, I had no time. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't spending much time in the office, not much time in front of a computer at all. Yeah. While well, now I'm just I just got back and there's plenty of things to pick up on and deal with that is actual client work or similar uh dealing with people. So yep. when I start to find some more space I'll I'll probably start setting these things up and then then maybe I have something to share about how I set it how I I'm trying to set things up in production. That sounds good. Do you have anything that's going into production anytime soon, or is it mostly updates to existing system?
1: I could be having something. It depends on if the uh, LARP convention is running again next year.
0: Oh yeah, so updates to the booking thing you have, right?
1: Yeah, but then I, I will take the old server down and put <sighs> the new server up.
0: Then you need to de- redo all the things.
1: Yep, that's why I do it once a year.
0: <laughs> get a good, clean server.
1: <laughs> yep. it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know why I do it that way, but I do it that way. It's probably to get a new version of Ubuntu.
0: <laughs> that's actually fair. Let's <laughs> not, not have to update the existing one, which is annoying, but yeah, it's set up from scratch. And
1: uh, yeah. And running dist upgrade is one of the scariest things. <laughs> yeah, totally fair. It's I run Arch on my on my computers, and uh, there I just upgrade the system all the time, and there's never a problem. But dist upgrade always breaks something in a new exotic way. Hmm.
0: Yeah, my experience with Arch was not that straightforward. But we we've, we've spoken about that at some point, <laughs> you and yeah. I. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think I'm lucky when it comes to
0: Arch. You might be, you just might be. Or, or skilled, it might be that. Why I'm not both?